If you enjoy this video, consider supporting us on Patreon for just $5 a month. Click on the card in the upper right hand corner for more information. Hey guys, this is Julian of Julian Gray Media. Uh, this is the reboot of the Julian Gray podcast with my new co-host here, Malcolm Hawks. He's like one of my oldest friends, my best friend, and we oftentimes uh, hang out and just talk for hours on end. So I thought we might as well start recording these conversations because they're pretty relevant to music and stuff. So yeah, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hey, I'm Malcolm Hawks. Um, I'm also from Bowie, Maryland, as you would assume. Uh, I do music under the name to Tommy. I do kind of like lo-fi hip-hop, uh, rock, normal hip-hop, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I sing in Japanese sometimes. And yeah, I, my elevator pitch is not <laughs> So yeah, yeah. It's really I, cool, actually. He's, I do music. He writes a lot of stuff in Japanese. Um, that's a big focus of yours, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to uh, bring in as much Japanese as humanly possible into my um, stuff, whether it be samples or like me singing. And I'm releasing like a full Japanese project sometimes. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys can check him out like on Spotify and Apple Music and stuff to tell me. Yeah. So uh, the first topic we had to discuss today was uh, what was it? Uh, it was upbringing. Yeah, um, absolutely. I yeah. guess that kind of goes along with our introduction here. Um, yeah. We both grew up in Bowie, Maryland. It's a suburb of suburb of Washington D.C., somewhere oh. between like Annapolis and D.C. I guess. Everybody always asks me, and I don't know what to tell them because nobody <laughs> knows what Bowie is. Yeah, um, you kind yeah. of just rounded off to D.C. Yeah, I actually met a guy yesterday that knew where Bowie was. Really? And I was like, that. He was like, Yeah, I'm from Silver Spring. And I was oh, like, There you go. I was like, no, I think you're not. I think people from Maryland know where Bowie is, but yeah. people who are not from Maryland. I have no idea yeah, yeah but even people who are from maryland they were just yeah. in baltimore probably so right. it's like they still don't really know where it is like buoys like its own like, right, right separate right, right, thing right. from the rest of maryland almost yeah and if, if you're from like i guess the dmv as we call it yeah then you're then you know where buoy is yeah dmv by the way is like this crazy cultural like how do you like even describe swamp. it we like. have like we have like all of this like very particular slang. We inter we kind of uh, introduce a lot of slang to like modern culture. No, no, for sure. There's uh there's this YouTuber. I I sent you a video of it. Uh, Crank Lucas. He's like a really big YouTuber. He does like a lot of stuff <laughs> like like Kendrick Lamar's like producer or some yeah, crazy yeah. stuff like that. And um he did this one video and he was like, oh you. Uh, you jai like Kirk and Mo. Like oh I was my like, God. whoa! I was like, that's crazy. And I and I looked into it, and he's from Upper Marlboro. <laughs> oh so, man! So like, yeah, like it's very easy to tell when someone's from Maryland because I think I think like a lot of stuff in like LA and like a lot of other places. Like right. for the most part, the slang like everybody kind of uses to some degree. Yeah. Like you do not hear DMV slang outside of DMV. It's it's totally like a a thing for the area yeah um and people that visit the area are often like clueless to they, they have no yeah. clue that's why we don't really do it outside of being home yeah because nobody would know what we're talking about like jai like mo kirkin like all that we stuff. have nobody, so many words that like, nobody knows yeah nobody even knows nobody knows it happens to me often here like living in la yep. like yep, yep, yep. since we've moved here it's it's like you know, people don't understand half the things sometimes when you say it in a conversation yeah no i mean uh when i went to school in uh north carolina um i had i still was so maryland that nobody knew what i was saying a yeah. lot of the time 
and um so i started making up stuff to trick people <laughs> like i i, I made <laughs> up hilarious um, i made up a bag of cherries i i called somebody that i was like you're a bag of cherries and he was like what does that mean i'm just like you don't want to know <laughs> like <laughs> then they like unironically start using it yep, too. Yep. yeah so it's just like but that that's something that like is very jarring uh coming from i mean i'm sure um you know like southern because I, I have like a slight southern twang too because of my mom I realize I have. Um, so I think I think I do too. Yeah. So a lot of people like, assume I'm from the south. Yeah. Sometimes, like but. especially if you if you visit northern cities, yeah, like New York. Yeah. People assume you're like very southern, but we're not. Like we're like moderately southern at that. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously, yeah. now we're southern California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very just, different type of southern, I guess. Completely, yeah. completely different vibe here. Like for sure. I I don't think there's any like particular phrases from like yeah from here i mean obviously like fool is a big one but fool <laughs> like um i know um, uh hella hella uh, that's more of a west coast in general um I something i realized i don't know if it's a hispanic thing or a california thing but um i can't describe but it's like i already did something do you know what i'm talking about it's like kind of like um it's like um it's like you're like hey are you um almost at the club it's like oh yeah i'm already there like i'm already almost there or huh. something like that I, it's I, like it's like it's like yeah it's like a past it's like <laughs> current it's i i can't explain yeah. it but like i hear it a lot i don't know how popular that is here but interesting yeah no yeah. there's definitely a handful yeah a um, surfer no like, like yeah slang yeah exactly that no, sort of stuff it's like no like yeah it's like so you mean yeah it's like no like, like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like that's that's complicated and annoying but. yeah i've definitely i've definitely heard like surfer slang kind of stuff i can't think of an example right now but yeah. like by the beach especially yeah, yeah yeah i'm not around too many people like that but we're trailing off anyway yeah, why don't we talk about um our musical upbringing a bit yeah. we we used to be in a duo of sorts like in in middle school high school yeah past is present yeah um i'm sure I, I wonder if you can still find that online probably not I hope uh not. i don't think you could i think i might have deleted my old soundcloud even too but <laughs> um yeah no past is present that name just came from the fact that like i did mainly analog stuff yeah and then you did electronic very so. like digital centric yeah. and i think we've pretty much maintain that with a small like a small amount of variance but like yeah. even today it's very you're more the analog and i'm more of like the digital for sure but I, i've been doing a lot more like um in computer stuff now yeah yeah, like, yeah. I, I pick up my guitar like once a month now right so and, yeah and i guess i do a little bit more analog stuff too but it's i think fundamentally that is like our dna pretty much i yeah. mean but I, I think the band in general is kind of like what we've kind of come to because even though like i was strictly uh analog and you were like strictly electronic and stuff right. like that like i feel like now it's more I'm, nuanced now. now i feel like it's more like we're each of us are more past this present where yeah like, you yeah. know like you do a lot more analog stuff in yours and i do a lot more that was a really stuff. that was a really interesting era i wonder if like i can find yeah. some tracks maybe for another episode coming up soon i mean does this uh the jazz one count because i think so because that's that's something i i'd like to it's definitely like point. it's not like it's not like either to our par now mm. i don't know like the, the music is cool but i think like production wise oh it's production probably... wise, yeah no i think if if we had that same core progression now or something yeah. i think we would take it in completely different routes right um, but I do think overall, considering that we made that in what we're like 17, 
Right. I think that's like that's still a song that I think holds up. It's not as good that's as our fair. stuff now. Yeah. yeah. But I could still There's be a like a handful of that I would yeah, say. Yeah, we fixed like the mixing and mastering yeah. and just like maybe added a little things here and there. Like I think it could be something that we could release and it wouldn't sound too jarring. And also it's like um besides genre, obviously. I think that's just a, yeah. I think it's it's a big it's it's a very powerful and profound thing to go back and revisit your old music. For sure. For um sure. I did a video on the channel like less than I may maybe like two years ago now, where I revisited my first stuff that I ever did. Yeah. You guys can find on YouTube you can find that in the description. Um but yeah, it was it was a very profound thing. Is I can hear a lot of like the DNA that my stuff has now, mm-hmm. um, in that stuff. But yeah. obviously, the production is very different. I yeah, guess it's sure. the same for you too. Yeah. No. Like, I. I mean. Yeah. I mean, like my stuff. old stuff. Like I. I, I still kind of have that like, uh, lo-fi. Like I'm still trying to figure it out type aesthetic now. But now it's more of an aesthetic. While as then it was, it was like, just it was like very a, much like I was yeah. rec- like I didn't have any sort of treating in my room, or I didn't know how to find the right spot. So I would right. like put a mic uh, between my legs, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. have like pillows around, or like recorded under a blanket. Like that's what I used to do now. But now, I like I make sure I'm in more dead spaces, or I just keep that aesthetic because that's what I like. Right. Before I was trying to make it sound professional and not sound lo-fi, right. Um, and um, that's kind of a cool yeah. aesthetic in of itself now. Like with the yeah. rise of lo-fi hip hop and yeah. lo-fi house music and stuff, it's like yeah. that that nostalgia for that era of lo-fi. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, well, more nostalgia for like the early '90s, yeah, late '80s. I, I think I think uh, we are getting more and more obsessed with real things, mm. which is why like a lot of like industry plants, we don't really care for as much sure. anymore. Like we're kind of fishing those out and stuff like that. Yeah, cause we can see through it now. Like there's yeah. so many, when you, when you're, when back in the day when you had like a label and you had like five artists that were mm-hmm. like the big ones and they would invest all this money yeah. into, you didn't have the contrast of like, this is a real artist and this isn't. But in yeah. today's climate, it's like we have, anyone can be an artist exactly and you can see when somebody's legit and genuine and you can see when somebody's not yeah. granted there's a few plants that i'm sure are probably plants we don't even know but, yeah exactly but um for the most part you know yeah and, and i think like with the rise of social media because we can see their personalities on instagram or right twitter and then you got like people like for example um like kenny beats is a weird example but an example i can't i thought of which is he's a producer and most people don't think about producers they don't really like care about producers but he does these very comedic videos every week with um rappers and works for them and like now we're just like wow i like your beats more because i know who you are like people like kuko like he doesn't try to be this amazing writer amazing um producer or anything like that he just kind of puts out music and we you know i think that genuineness is like a huge thing for like artists like porter robinson too yes whereas like you can tell that they're very true to what they want to release and they're releasing they're making music that they enjoy i think that what makes a really prolific artist i I think i think um more on the porter robinson thing i think what really uh pushes him forward yeah is that like yeah as you said he's very genuine he's he's almost like not almost he is very lo-fi and a lot of stuff he puts out yeah and that's like unheard of in the electronics right like especially somebody that's big like him like yeah, you, you won't hear sure. like a scruffy sounding song from Skrillex or from yeah, well, you know, in different ways, I guess. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you wouldn't hear a song where you hear background noise or you hear the metronome. Right, 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 right. You like uh, the new Porter track. Yeah, yeah, or that like the bass is like a little bit too thin, or like that like the sample like the high end is boosted right. to hell or whatever. Like he very much plays with like 
almost an analog type feel for something that's very synthesized. I think even more than that, it's it's when you're not afraid to um, do whatever you want to do uh, outside of what your expectations are. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, uh, there's a ton of artists like that where they'll make, especially in electronic music, I know this isn't super applicable to like what you do, but like um, artists like Deadmau5 or Skrillex or what have you, um, they're, they're artists that exist with their own sound but they don't have a genre yeah um and yeah, i think porter's yeah. like that too where um there's no you can try to shoehorn them into a thing but then they immediately break out of it yeah because like, he made what's time. it called like complexure or something porter kind of coined that term uh, back yeah. in 2011 or 12 i know he did that but now he doesn't like do zed any- type stuff exactly yeah. oh yeah zed did what what the zed same did- stuff uh, zed porter they were in like the same circle yeah, but I feel like Zed went the opposite way. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. Zed was very experimental and had, like, a couple hits. But now he's just all about hits almost now. Which, but, I mean, in and of itself is cool. Which is I fine. Think, yeah. yeah, I think that's great. But, like, somebody like Porter, I feel like he's always pushed it. Yeah. Like, even when he went into, like, virtual self. I mean, yeah, like, he's very much mimicking something. Right. But the fact that he can pull off that PS2, like, yeah, you know, DDR, sure. like, Metal Gear Solid <laughs> right, or whatever yeah. have you sound is crazy that you have that and do ability it like well and then he goes right. to his normal stuff and it's like it sounds like it could be in an anime or something right um and it could be played in like a stadium or whatever like it like his stuff is just constantly evolving and i really appreciate it about him and i don't even like electronic music like that sure like, yeah it's really just like you <laughs> muramasa dead mouse <laughs> toki uh, monster toki monster yeah, yeah dead mouse here and there and there's like a couple other ones, but it's like I really don't listen to electronic music for so for like me to like really like somebody and that scene like right. that you have to be doing something that I see is like that's insane. kind of like also why I was interested in having you as like a co-host because yeah. it's a interesting dynamic of a musician outside of that world as well as an electronic musician, you know, yeah. talking about these topics from different points of view because yeah. it is very different, but it is yeah. also very similar. Yeah, and in, in a lot of ways, I mean, like I I find myself locked inside of a program not even touching an instrument a lot of the time so right. i understand what that's like for sure and like i get curious about synthesizers all the time there's definitely well. like the genre tropes and stuff that is very specific to a genre like electronic yeah. music performance for example is very like one guy in a cdj or a laptop yeah whereas like more alternative stuff like what you're doing or like hip hop or what have you is a more involved in performance for sure so it's like two different views on that same sort of thing you know? yeah yeah no i mean and i i kind of want to uh go into the more electronic scene too because i was talking to somebody the other day and it and it made me realize like i was like why don't i start doing the more electronic scene because lo-fi is such a thing now yeah that like i'm just like why don't i just go to like events where like or just figure out if there's any events that would want lo-fi artists yeah. and just go there because i mean if anything like probably 90 percent of the people that listen to me know me for my lo-fi lo-fi is in such so. an interesting spot because it's it's halfway to like retro synth wave like yes. electronic mm-hmm. but it's also halfway to like boom bap yeah so it's like in that middle ground between yeah electronic and yeah i mean because hip hop it, it started off of the hill um heels of jay dilla and new job right that's why it was created i mean like the but even them they were very like forward thinking hip hop electronic artists for sure you know? so like they did that and then once it got further like they were like oh let's let's mix it with the synth wave type deal yeah so like now we have a lot of artists like 
um, Bad Snacks or In Love with a Ghost were very very electronic right but they still are kind of in that lo-fi like hip-hop skates yeah yeah Toki so monster too in a way you think I she's think not she's, as lo-fi but I, I would, she's I, in between I'll genres put i would say closer to lo-fi yeah. than Toki i met monster. her her um uh someone on her team i don't think that's how you pronounce her name like I, I i swear i read it was i i, I don't know maybe maybe he didn't know what he was talking about but um Quirian? It's like Q U for the people listening. It's like Q U I, no Q R I O N. Yeah, really incredible artist on like and Juna Deep and yeah, no, killing that game. Yeah, no, she's crazy. I yeah. mean, like, her, she has a song. You know, honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, fit like eighty percent of her songs, I actually don't dig that much. Mm. But there's this like there's one song that's more like energetic that I really like. But the main song that I'm just like it's one of the best songs I heard last year. Yeah, which was uh, I I texted you at 4 a.m. I think I've heard that one. That song cool. it makes you feel nostalgic. Yeah, and like that's almost what we were talking about a second ago about how um, being more honest and more um, pure right. is like becoming more of a thing because. Yeah. Like, if you were just somebody who was making mindless electronic music or something like that, you wouldn't be able to craft a song that makes you feel yeah. something separate. Like, it, like if you read the title, you're like, you can feel how sad this person is sure. texting somebody at 4 a.m. or getting a text from somebody at 4 a.m. Maybe they're missing them. Or right, they're right, right. But then just due to the sounds itself, you could relate to something completely different. Yeah. Like a lust for your childhood or like whatever it is, you know? Right. Like, it's just like music like that, I think is becoming more popular it's the most like i think it's the most emotionally engaging too like connecting to that nostalgia and i think that's why porter really accelerated in like 2014 that's what it was all about yeah i also think that that realness that you're discussing as like an artist or like that ability to capture nostalgia transcend genre as well yeah like um in that like you can have a big pop song yeah or like a really produced song if the artist is still true to themselves you can tell that it's yeah it still has that the way i look at it which is like it's gonna sound stupid but what i look at it is is like the proper way to do flow rider (laughs) is how i look at it because the thing is the reason why flow rider was so popular yeah was because he would sample songs that everybody already knew but they were just old enough to where you probably don't remember them so that when you hear a song, you're like, man, this just feels <laughs> yeah. good. And then when you find That's out what that is. such an anomaly to me. Yeah, he shouldn't exist. Well, it's not just <laughs> Flo Rida. It's like a lot of artists in the mid-2000s did that. Um, he was Black Eyed Peas obvious, did it like, well, right? Yeah, Black Eyed Peas did it. Like Pitbull did it. Yeah, Pitbull still does it, <laughs> I think. <laughs> There's a handful of artists that did it. And it's an interesting concept because you're like, you're... I guess latching on to the nostalgia you have of the original song yeah in a way that feels kind of cheap though to me yeah whereas like you're you're basically using the nostalgia somebody has for like whatever song yeah to help elevate the song yeah I, I, granted I, I mean like it is cool in its own way though yeah I mean I think again there's like a difference like I feel like with black eyed peas or like with pitbull or like with flowrider I feel like a lot of that was like as, as you're saying you're using it as a game like you're like kind of right. cheating away into a system now i don't want to say like that's 100 percent what they were doing they may have been just I they mean, really like the stars. song but they're potentially yeah so yeah, most yeah. likely right and, and like but then you get people like a lot of lo-fi artists like you know like a lot of lo-fi artists 
they do that like they would take like a clip out of like an anime yeah or take like a core progression from an anime and put it over these beats and make it more like right. nostalgic sounding so that you're just like oh man i really miss those days you know playing the n64 in yeah. the basement or like but that to me like yeah hits better yeah i think to me that's like that's in line more with sampling though yeah whereas like you know like biggie and those guys they yeah. they sampled bits from previous works but it's not like the entire arrangement yeah. Whereas like yeah. Flo Rida or like those kind of artists would take the entire song, yeah, rewrite the whole song basically the same way, yeah. and then put like a rap verse on it, you know, yeah. And that that yeah. to me is like the difference. Yeah, I I I don't know. I feel like there's like so many tiers to it. Yeah. Like obviously there's also interpolation, right? right. Like that, or covers. It's literally like the hardest thing to explain to Becca, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, to my girlfriend yeah. about is. Uh, interpolating versus um sampling um but yeah. what do you mean like like she doesn't understand the difference so like uh explain the difference for the listeners oh okay <laughs> so pretty much like sampling is like i have a song and you're like hey i like that i'm gonna take that and put it in my song interpolating is being like hey i like how you did in your song i'm gonna re-sing it or i'm gonna replay it that's like cover style yeah, yeah or like i'm gonna take your melody but i'm gonna sing different lyrics on it right on the same melody like that's interpolating that's like like for example that fallout boy song centuries that do 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 everybody thought this is a sample that's an interpolation actually they so got it's a like different an original singer. idea yeah it's from out. tom's diner by i don't remember her name but right. they took that do 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 or whatever and they got a different singer to sing it so it's an interpolation yeah. You know, and Fall Boy even interpolated themselves on some songs. But that's a whole other <laughs> Fall thing. Fall Boy is an interesting. Yeah, they're in a weird place now. Story. But, uh, yeah. Talk uh, about like nostalgia. Yeah. So on the topic of nostalgia, to the main thing we're supposed to be talking about, <laughs> which is our uh, upbringing. Yeah. Um, I was not born to a creative family. Uh, my dad counts crops. He grew up on the farm, uh, and my mom uh, was in the air force and now runs a business for nutrition mm. um so i was not in a creative family but somehow i want to be an artist then i want now i want to be a musician for the past like eight years and my brother's a graphic designer so yeah i don't know how we ended up being i don't know creative. how you guys became like extremely creative your brother's a very talented graphic designer yeah. and you're like doing music and design and yeah. All sorts of things. That's yeah. that's very fascinating. I never thought about that. Yeah, no. I mean, my dad swears that I got it from him, but my dad <laughs> only know like granted, it's 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 a talent in and of itself. My dad knows about like two like incredibly long and complicated piano pieces. Nice. Um and I'm sure he could still do them to this day. Um but I mean, outside of that, um yeah, my dad's not musically gifted. My mom I don't think has ever touched an instrument. Right. Um, you know, so it's just we just went that way for some reason maybe it's the whole concept of um sheltering in a way like where like it's just kind of like sometimes you do the opposite of what your what your parents you're around do, right yeah because like sometimes you could totally go there because you have so much access to it it's like oh there's that's kind of my story exactly yeah. like it's like because your mom was listening to like club music we'll go into my story in a minute but. yeah okay but yeah so yeah so we didn't really have any of that around the house if there's any music playing um, around um, my house growing up, it was um, gospel. It was like funk and R and B, like old jazz, a little 
uh, a little bit. Ja- jazz mainly for my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember so. distinctly the the gospel R and B and jazz like when we were like six or seven. Yeah, in the yeah. Car. My mom, it was uh, my mom and dad mainly gospel, but my mom specifically was gospel like stuff like Earth, Wind, and Fire, Isley Brothers, and stuff like that. Yeah. And then my dad was gospel, and then when he drove, it was entirely <laughs> watercolors. Exit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and That's then a the, throwback. The one that we were thinking about the other day, the smooth ninety-five jazz, point nine or something. The numbers were. It was it was this jazz station in D.C. If you're familiar, <sighs> let us know in the comments. Yeah, but it, it it was definitely like a great station. It was, and it was a great jingle too. That's why it's I'm like upset. it's like something something point five the smooth one oh five point nine. That sounds right. I think that is I think, it. I think yeah. you're right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so that, that was pretty much all I grew up around. Um, so right. when my parents weren't around, I wanted to listen to punk rock pretty much. Like, sure. That's what I gravitate that, toward. That is like, yeah, I, I can see that. Like the, your your focus towards the creative arts is like based on that lack of thereof. Yeah, exactly. In your upbringing. And, and, right. and, I, and I think that um, in a weird way, like I... I like I feel like uh, what I grew up around is having almost like a roundabout type thing because I grew up on punk rock and I mainly listened to that. Um, I got a little bit into like pop and the DJ stuff with yeah. like Daft Punk and stuff like that. We had a um, phase of that for yeah, sure. Yeah, that was disgusting. But uh, I mean, Daft <laughs> hey, Punk's great. Daft hey. Punk's great. But uh, Black Eyed Peas, I don't know. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas was um, a bit and weird. Recovery Eminem, I don't know. Yeah. But um, no, but don't know uh, how that happened. I that was just what it was. But uh, I feel like when you're or whatever you know yeah it's like you can't judge yourself for your music taste then but um you know um as no I'm offense moving, to having him listeners yeah yeah i mean <laughs> he, he's, he's passing now he's got some good stuff now yeah but um no uh yeah so i, I gravitated towards punk rock like like a lot of like um like blink 182 and like fallout boy especially the disco and i got the disco Paramore. like um the phrase isn't fully punk rock like that's, yeah that's more like like pop rock type stuff but yeah paramore a lot yeah and uh flyleaf and evanescence and all that stuff so i was really into that scene um and i grew up around nirvana but i didn't really rediscover them until like until later on ago, and now they're like your favorite like, now they're like yeah. yeah they're up there and like foo fighters, foo fighters is obviously like one of my favorite bands of all time yeah. so um yeah like that was just kind of my scene um it was it it was almost like a rebellion in a way and then later into like emo and alternative right? exactly and then yeah. emo became my entire world like oh and into it over it and like, right american like football that. that was everything to me um and it still is you know right um but like and now uh and i grew up around japanese music because i used to really like anime and stuff like that but like as I started getting more into like the actual culture of right. um of Japanese culture or whatever, I started kind of going away from anime a lot more. Um, but I still did like the music. And right. um what I was saying about the roundabout thing that's interesting is that like now I'm starting to realize that like majority of Japanese music is jazz based. And Definitely it's, it, it permeates yeah. the culture there for music. Exactly. I mean it it comes from World War Two or whatever. Uh, I, mean, I don't know the history on it. Yeah, because that that was like the music of choice during that rough period yeah. was jazz. So um I think just from then on, like um Japan's been really into jazz and that was kinda like their escape. Also I would say like precision. Like that's a very yeah. big thing in Japanese culture very, is like very big. mastering a craft. Yes. And jazz to me is like the well classical and jazz were like the ultimate like a skill-based music yes but jazz is more applicable to modern music now so but this is where i differentiate the two i yeah. feel like 
um, classical is like I perfected my craft and I'm going to do things perfectly, right? Right. Jazz is like the definition of learn everything you can and then throw it out the window. That's right. what jazz yeah. is the definition of because like you can learn, you're going to learn every single chord, every single yeah. swing, every single way to slap the bass with sure. jazz or whatever. But like the moment you get to that level of proficiency, it's just balls to the wall at that right, point. Right, right. I think that yeah. is jazz. Like it's classical and jazz. I actually heard this from a uh, a jazz instrumentalist named Chris Bode. I saw him in concert a few years ago. Yeah. And his thing was like, um, when you're in school, you you basically study all the same stuff until you get to like a university level. Oh, yeah. It might not be even the first year. Um, and then you have a split point where yeah. half the people will go to classical and half will go to jazz. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. jazz is like, that, yeah. jazz is like a, it's more theoretical. Wait, it's Adam more. Adam said that or something. He may have. Yeah, yeah. I love Adam. Um, but jazz is like that more theoretical and forward pushing thing. Not that classical can't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But jazz is, but, yeah. it's more loose and it's more, um, uh, you can adjust it and, and malle, it's more malleable, I guess. Yeah. And classical no, sure. is more like, it is you you it. write the thing and you have to play it like to the T and that's yeah. where the skill of classical is. Yeah. Whereas jazz, it's more, I guess like a, a studio jazz player will obviously play the score a hundred percent. Yeah. But, but I think the composers are a little bit more lenient. I don't know. Well, I, I think, so I think like with classical music is that like, as you said, the malleable, um, right. of it or whatever, because with classical, it's like, kind of like you get the sheet music, you do that. If right. you're going to write your own music, you write the sheet music, you do it. Right. But with jazz, I feel like jazz has so many different crossovers. Like jazz sure. works so well by itself, but you can put the, like, like Dave Roll learned how to play drums from jazz. Sure. Like, I mean, Rush Records too, but right, like right, jazz, right. you know, and you know, a lot of the Japanese um, artists I listen to are rock artists, but you hear the jazz influence. Yeah. So like, as you said, jazz is more malleable. Like, I think it is more applicable too. And, exactly. Like, yeah. like, uh, Classical music, yes, there's key changes. Yes, there's these things. But, like, jazz is so insane that you can sure. have five key changes. I don't know. Like, and, like, five I'm sure there's a, there's classical pieces that do for it. For sure. But I think it's just so common in jazz. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like. And there there are definitely, like, jazz chords that yeah. would be looked down upon in a classical score. Exactly. You don't, yeah. th like, uh, most, like, half of jazz chords are, like, one seventh chords but two like <laughs> chords that i don't know the official name but like where the notes are literally right next to each other it's like and suspended chords and, or like um yeah, yeah ninths and, and that that just sounds super wonky it does sound super wonky but it's like the context they use it in is it, is it tight works. yeah yeah so um so yeah like i feel like that was kind of the roundabout thing yeah. where i ended up back um liking more jazz stuff and then obviously like lo-fi hip-hop is yeah. very jazzy as well and um then uh, as far as I think, just technically m more interesting music than the normal pop. Exactly, like emo in and of itself, or math rock is very super jazz. technical, super yeah. super jazz, and does have that jazz influence. Super jazz, like I mean, if you listen to any like American football song, right, like, you can hear the jazz influence there. Yeah, it's literally just sad jazz with guitars. Like mm -hmm. that's literally what it is. I mean, like there's guitars and jazz, but it's mainly piano based, and like you know, like trumpets, saxes. Yeah. Uh, bass and the instrumentation is more interesting than like pop punk too exactly yeah. so I yeah so I ended up back with the jazz thing which is like um, a loop or whatever but then when it comes to gospel 
I ended up joining the choir in high in school. school. Yeah. And ever since then, like I've been obsessed with harmonies. Like, yeah, I very much uh, look at the voice very similarly as to like how Kanye looks at things. Because sure. even though like I'm not a huge fan of my voice personally, right. I don't think I'm the best singer ever. I don't like even if I think I have like objectively I have a good range. Right. But I think as far as my tone, I'm not a huge fan of. Right. Sometimes I like the way I sing. Sometimes I don't. But um, that's why I think I started obsessing over harmonies and ways to manipulate the voice because I, I it's a very powerful instrument. Yeah, yeah, like you don't have to just sing one melody. Like you right. can have chords on top of that. You can put a vocoder on it. You can yeah. distort it. You can put a chorus on it. You can do all it's these. It's very things. also yeah. dynamic in like how you sing. Like do you use breath? Do you use like chest? Exactly. That's a very like Jacob Collier. Uh, uh, um, philosophy. Yeah. 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 It's so it's. Yeah, so I kind of like um, I understand. Grant, I don't listen to it on my own time, um, but I do definitely understand the appeal of gospel way more than I ever did when yeah. I was younger. Um, it's it, funny how it's yeah. making its way back around in a way. Kanye into pop music though, but like not just Kanye. Like no, I'm saying like Kanye is the reason. Oh, Kanye is definitely a big yeah advocate of it. But I think like even in like electronic music, like the Madion album is very like neo soul. Kanye, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I can absolutely see the Kanye. Like, I really there. think that like Kanye, like, and I had this conversation with somebody else is that yeah. even if you don't think Kanye is a great rapper, which I don't think he's a great rapper. Right. I, I mean, he says dumb stuff all the time. I don't think he's a technically great rapper, but the thing is uh, like with, sheer lyricism. Yeah. yeah he's not, yeah. he's not great. But the thing is, is that you, his, his influence on culture is so insane that we wouldn't like, we wouldn't have right. chance the rapper. We wouldn't have, Amine, we wouldn't right. have Tyler the Creator, we wouldn't have Brockhampton, we wouldn't have um, any of Bony yeah. Bear's new stuff. Oh. Um, we wouldn't have again. We probably wouldn't have Madion's new album. Sure. Um, like there's there's so much that Kanye has done for the culture um, in general. That's what people don't understand. I yeah. think about Kanye is that he's not afraid to do anything. Yeah. Like his music. You could all envy that. Like I think. Uh, absolutely. Um, some people don't. I don't think get it. Yeah, because it, it is like very different and forward thinking. Um, yeah, for sure. People are like that 808 is trash or whatever, but like you can tell that he did that on purpose. And it's no, like, like all the lights, those drums should not work. Right. But you could write an essay yeah. on why they do work. At and the same like time. his whole arrangements sometimes are vocals, you know, like that's yeah. crazy. And so incredibly inspiring for like creative people. So I, when people like don't understand that, it's kind of frustrating to me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because of his rapping. Yeah. I think because his rapping is so all over the place right. and not even good a lot of the times that like people don't focus on all the other stuff that he's doing. Like yeah. a big reason why I think he dumbs down his lyrics is because everything else is so intricate. <laughs> yeah. That he's sure. like, I don't want to hit you with like a also, like on this, you know? Yeah. It's also like when you're, when people see an ego, they automatically try to shoot it down. Yeah, exactly. And, and Kanye definitely does have an ego, but Huge I think ego. it's justified. I think it's in justified, but I think it's also slightly projecting because I don't think he's as confident as he tries to. Absolutely. Like, no, I, I think he second guesses not. himself yeah. all the time. You can I mean, tell by his newest records. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and and again, looping back back to the whole loop thing and like my inspiration is that like, um, and something that also goes along with the whole Kanye thing is that like my mom, me and my mom talk about Kanye often. Yeah. My mom is not somebody that keeps up with like current stuff. Right. And she knows who Kanye is and she's watching interviews of Kanye. And she was like, you know, 
I know a lot of people are talking about bad about Kanye, but I support him now. And I'm like, why do you support Kanye? She was like, because in your 22 years, I never thought I would catch you listening to gospel music on your own. Yeah. And to see that Kanye yeah. did that right. is crazy. So, like, that's when I further realize that, like, Kanye's influence is way bigger than we could ever understand. Because yeah. I would never list, go out of my way to listen and it's to not gospel even, music. But right. Like, gospel is just one example of that, too. I do. Because like, Kanye does it. And he's, it's, that ex- and it's not like a sheep thing. Right. Because I know that, like, yeah. some people would be like, oh, you're just a sheep. Right. Like everything. But the thing is, the way he approaches everything has such a subtle, like, yeah. way of, I don't know, just making it cool. Just making it incredible. 100%. And I know? think... The other thing is like it's not just gospel; it's other things too. Like yeah. he did like collaborations with Daft Punk. Yeah, he did like that one song with uh, Jamie Foxx. It's like a it's like a interpolation of uh, an old folk song. Uh, I think it's a uh, Gold Digger. Yeah, so I thought, but I was like, yeah, and then it, like he did the... things with like you know Chris Martin from Coldplay and exactly. Stuff. Like he's trying to expand the mind of his listeners. I like, it, and I think that's what's cool about it, Kanye. if this isn't the. <laughs> the biggest example of how crazy Kanye is is that he literally has a song that has this incredibly huge, crazy, like almost reggae, yeah. like Afrotone breakdown, like just huge. Yeah, and it's this huge, like electronic type sounding song with vocal guests from Bon Iver, yeah, and Chief Keef, right. Who does that? It's such a crazy thing. Who does thing, that? Right. Like, so it's just, like, that's kind of, like, what I'm saying is that, like, I think uh, it, even though I didn't get into Kanye till relatively recently, yeah. like, obviously, we, everybody grew up with Kanye. We like, grew up with Kanye, then we went through a period of disliking Kanye. Yes. And then now, like, as intellectual musicians, yeah, we f- re-fall in the As intellectuals, yeah. I think so. Like, yeah, no, for sure. I think forward-thinking musicians will all appreciate Kanye West. No, for sure. If you yeah. if you really care about music, you right. you will try to understand Kanye West. Like, I think I think you're really missing out on music as a whole if you're not paying attention right. to Kanye West. And if you're right. listening and you haven't, like, maybe reconsider and and listen to his yeah, he, you know, his newest stuff because yeah. it it is very interesting when you when you look at it objectively yeah. and not like in the context of something else yeah it's it's like you can't compare kanye stuff to like you know modern hip-hop because yeah. then it's like yeah oh this is weird yeah it's, but it's like insane. that's what's appealing about yeah kanye. And, and i think yeah. part of his issue is one the ego thing but sure. then like also i think a lot of people and obviously the rapping thing yeah but also i think a big thing is that like people want to discredit people for sampling mm. and people want to be like oh you're not a real musician because you just take everybody else's right. work but the thing is, is that a, a big part of making good music is knowing what works. Sure. And the thing is with Kanye is that he can take something like a slave song, mix it with right. like a song that came out in 2010, an electronic song, and then mix it with like a 60s rock song and, right. then, and then end off with like a soul sample from the or 70s. Or just like an all voice. like Exactly. Yeah. And then all have it with Japanese taiko drums. And exactly. Then, like... That level of thinking is not like nobody else can get there. But maybe it's not like thought. It's just like he lacks the fear of trying like weird things. Completely, because like, I I fear everything. Whenever right. whenever I'm going to work on something, I fear that it's not going to be good as the last song, or I fear that oh, uh, what if I can't make this sample work? Right. Or what if I like I think all these things like it really feels like Kanye walks into a place yeah. and just puts anything together that he wants <laughs> agreed and that's like, i think yeah. that's the appeal of kanye west 
But rather yeah. than talk about Kanye West for the yeah, entirety of the episode, because we could do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What were we yeah. like? Oh yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So um, yeah. So pretty much like the music I do now, uh, it's definitely not gospel and it's definitely not jazz. But considering that I do a lot more uh, Japanese centric music right. and doing uh, lo-fi hip hop and stuff like that i think i'm getting more into the realm that i was kind of um raised up on because I, I barely even touch punk rock anymore it's almost too yeah. easy for me but i think it's in your dna and that it's yeah it's gonna permeate through whatever you make no for sure i mean i i'd love to make an entirely vocal like a like entirely gospel album or whatever yeah. like i mean i'd love to do like a whole like beat tape where i'm just you know like um chopping gospel samples like Kanye. right like, i would love to do those sort of things like so like I, I i definitely have like gone back a lot to what i was raised on in some way shape or form i think i think that um i, I forget what the statistic is but it's like if you you you're the music you love the most and the music that influences you the most is like the music you were raised on from like age 10 to 15 or something yeah i forget the exact date on that no um but like you you constantly are revisiting that part of your life or like the things you're nostalgic about when you're a child yeah um and that comes out like later in your years so maybe that's what it is because i'm starting to find that myself yeah with like the beatles and like pink floyd and stuff i'm yeah. getting that's much more, more dad in, from right inter- interested in that stuff yeah I, i've always been i guess it's as good as time as any to tell about my history i've always been into that like new wave electronic stuff my mother was into like the new wave movement with Depeche Mode and and all of know that till recently. Yeah, well, <laughs> well now you do. <laughs> um, them and then like Billy Idol and Madonna even before she was like you know pop star. And then and then oh, my dad cool. was like you know my dad's very musically eclectic. He'll listen to anything from like the twenties to like nineteen ninety. Like oh. he's into Nirvana too, actually. Oh really? Yeah, it's a, a weird thing. Oh, yeah. I guess fun fact. Huh. Um, but I grew up on a lot of different music. Um, from like the Beatles to Frank Sinatra to like Pink Floyd and and the new age stuff my mom was listening to, and that kind of became like, I guess the DNA of what I write. There's a lot of like harmonies. There's a lot of like counter melody stuff, which is like that 80s 70s kind of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got that electronic tone that the the modern stuff has. I guess um, I discovered. Uh, well, I, I started writing music when I was like 10 or 11 or whatever. Similar time, I guess, maybe a little bit longer than you. Yeah, no, I didn't Wh- Within, within I a like... few years, we were both in like band and school and stuff too. Yeah. So we do have some music background. Yeah, whenever ninth grade was, that's when I started doing music, mainly um, outside of yeah. piano lessons. Um, but I started writing music, I think, right as I got into middle school. Or maybe like midway through middle school. Like right before you started a YouTube channel. Yeah. Like right before. Right before I started my YouTube channel. Because I started my YouTube channel uh, because I think one of our friends wanted a DJ tutorial. So I made the DJ tutorial. It went viral somehow. And that eventually evolved into, uh, you know, music production. Yeah. Um, and that's why I do Ableton tutorials today. Um, but I was doing that and then I really got into Dead Mouse. Well, we we had a spat with Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think that was like the first. Daft Punk was probably. it. Um, we had this friend named Will, uh, oh, yeah. who yeah. I think he burned us like copies of the whole Daft what, Punk Was it for one of us each, or did we have? To I think share we the just one? shared it. Like, I think that's what it we was. we ripped it both of us. Or something. Do you have it now? 
I have no idea where it I is. I might have if, it. If you still have it, that'd be tight. I, I, I feel that like would be like the starting point of like a lot of our music creation. I, I have it somewhere. I might yeah. have actually sold it or threw it away. Sold the copies of... I doubt it, but I don't know what I would have I done would with it. I imagine you may have thrown it away. Cause that's my style, but well, I mean, it's it's like it was like it was like literally like bootleg copies was, of the Daft like Punk discography, yeah. yeah. And and it's just like what we I think we it was max like oh eight. Remember we did that Daft Punk thing at our birthday party? Oh God, where you made the mask? And yeah, but it, like yeah. what year was that? I think it was, I think we're thirteen. Okay, so there you go. So we yeah. had to have known of them at least at like twelve. Yeah, because we were huge so fans. Money. I got into Daft Punk. Well, we got into Daft Punk at that around that time mm-hmm. period, and then that eventually evolved into like Justice and, and uh, Dead know. Mouse. Yeah. Um. And when I found Dead Mouse, that was like the big like that was, like, that was what I latched onto. Where you latched onto like Fallout, Fallout Boy, Boy right? Like that, yeah. So that was like <laughs> that was like when we started to go separate yeah, ways. Yeah, like a bit. we were both super Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, that was a recovery time. time. All right, and Daft Punk, and then yeah, once you found Dead Mouse, it just completely Dead Mouse for me, and then you went the other way. Yeah, like and that was Fall Out Boy, and then it was um, over. I mean, granted, we had crossover for sure. Like we listened to some of each other's stuff. Like yeah. we both love Panic. Um, uh, it was but, a brief spat with like Skrillex and stuff. Yeah. Panic, Paramore. Yeah, Paramore for Paramore sure. Paramore transcends everything. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember when I had gotten Brand New Eyes on CD? I, I and do I remember. and I had waited to listen to it yeah. so you could listen to it and you it's came so over good, and listened dude. to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got into music that way and I fell in love with Dead Mouse and then you know I went that route and you know you you guys probably know that's like where I am now making electronic music in that way. But I I do have that DNA of like traditional music. I think. I yeah. push that like harmony and I push the counter melody more than like the average electronic musician. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Songwriting too. I mean that, that I mean that's why like I like you more than just you being my friend. Like right, I right, right. actually like your music. Like I think if I I like your music it, too. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Uh yeah, I, yeah, I, I totally hear all that in there. I mean like I think your stuff has gotten progressively sadder too. <laughs> like that's I, also I, an appeal. I unintentionally do that though. I think I think yeah. maybe as I grow older, it's becoming more mature themes, and it's not as like, you know, video gamey melodies anymore. Yeah, I I think it, I think it was uh, no, not I think the the I think the lead singer of like Depeche Mode or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was reading like Wiki because I had heard that song People Are People, and I was like, I love this band. I don't yeah. care whatever else they were like. This song is it. And um, I was reading an interview and he said like, uh, yeah, we write songs that are a little hopeful. But the thing is, is that pure happiness is just unrealistic. Right. Like, it's just like, like, it it doesn't need to be sad all the time. Like, we don't want to be like melodramatic, but it's just like sadness is just way more realistic. And like things that are like kind of middle of the road or things that are like sad, but a little bit hopeful, like that's melancholic yeah, yeah melancholic that's realistic like right pure happiness like i want to party it's all night it's unrealistic not, yeah yeah it's just not and it's good for like particular times of your life but exactly. for the majority of the time you're going to engage more with nostalgic melancholic yeah. music exactly it yeah. is more relatable to most people exactly i mean it it's 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 almost used as a trick nowadays <laughs> to some degree because people realize that like writing sad music is m- yeah which is annoying yeah. i mean like even though like like p- 
people like Lil Peep or XSX Tentacion, like those were really damaged people. Right. Of course. But I think like people like them, I don't, I think a lot of the times they didn't fully write compelling, sad music. Right. Like, I, like I, even though I liked X, I can't really listen to him anymore because I've kind of like gotten out of the phase of that. But um, yeah, I, I never really like, it didn't feel like real sadness to me. Yeah. Like, you know, like when I hear like something like American football, like Owen or whatever, or into it over it. I, when I hear stuff like that, like I'm like, oh my God, I felt that way. Or like, sure. This is like so real. It's sad, like, or whatever. But with that sort of stuff, I'm just like, okay, I don't care that you want to kill yourself because a girl broke up with you. Right. You know what I mean? Like right, that right, doesn't, right. that doesn't garner. I definitely can see that. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't, I'm sure there are people that it did. Yeah, I mean, with? when you're young, of course, right, like, right, right. That's the world to you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, but I just feel like, to some degree, again, I, I think it's a little bit. Well, I mean, we don't know what he was actually talking about, but yeah, yeah and, and I know they were going through stuff beside that. Maybe that was just their way of writing, right? Just like they wanted to maybe make it seem more simple than what it actually is, because I, I know X had a lot of problems with his family, and right? A lot of other stuff. So it's like. I, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, we will never get the answers. Obviously, they both pass. Um, Rest in peace. But um, it's just like, yeah, like I, I feel like there's a lot of sadness that's being marketed on a lot. And I'm not saying that they did that, but there's a lot of people yeah, yeah. that do that. They, they're just sad for the pay. Or like pop songs that are obviously written to be... Exactly, like cash grabs grab off of onto sadness. the sad so. emotion. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, no, well, just Well, I real. mean, sad, sad music in general is more, like we just discussed, it's more um, easy to latch onto. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so like I get why you'd want to cash out on that, but the thing right. is, is that like reality sad. You don't have to chase sadness. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of got to talk about reality. Like, right. like my mom told me that my music's sad at one point, and like, yeah, it is, but thing is like 90% of my music isn't like, oh, I'm sad or I hate myself majority of my music is actually just like this is the reality and that's just what it is sure. and if it sounds sad yeah because reality sad you know so like that's kind of where that's the kind of stuff i even draw to anyway yeah like yeah. storytelling and like actually conveying what the the writer is feeling yeah yeah exactly although pop uh, has its place too like i i sure. can appreciate that idea of like it would be exciting to have like five people in a room that are really talented yeah. and write a song that, you know, you, you're just trying to write something great as yeah. a challenge, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah. There's just a time, yeah, yeah. Time and place for everything, I think. Um, but yeah. So anyways, back to your upbringing, that was a tangent. Well, that's like essentially it. I mean, like I, I grew up, talked grew up in a channel, musical but. household. Um, my dad t taught guitar for a while. My mom was into electronic music. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, like, it was bound to happen, yeah. I think. I had, like, the opposite effect. So, like, where you were more... Um, your family is not as creative, and that's what forced your creativity. Yeah. My family is overwhelmingly creative, yeah. and it was an inevitability of creativity. Yeah, because your mom also does graphic design, too, on she, top of that. She's a designer by trade, and then, um, you know, crafts and all that yeah. when we were younger. And my dad, you know music but also like art and that sort of stuff yeah so, just talking with very, your dad is always a trip eclectic yeah. um artistic guy um i want to yeah. do a podcast with him sometime that'd be interesting uh, yeah he yeah <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be, be you probably have to make that two hours to be oh honest. yeah for sure like you're yeah your dad's done a lot <laughs> uh he's an interesting dude
the other topic of discussion I, I we had preconceived is like this. Yeah, we don't want does, a tangent Does too moving much. to LA really help you as a creative person? I think both like from a statistic, like objective uh, music industry thing or and just like your mentality as a person, you know? Um, what I, do you think? Like, because we've both gone through like the same thing, obviously in different times and different yeah. Um, yeah, ways. You're here two years before me. Yeah, but we've both made the move to. I think we can simplify this to like this moving to like a city. Yeah, like L.A., New York. L.A., New York, Chicago, what have you? Yeah. Does Nashville. that influence you creatively and actually benefit you in the long run? Because I know a lot of people are like hesitant to move, but a lot of people are also like. Moving there is gonna make everything great. Yeah. So for some, so um, I there's a point in time where it has to break even. I think that's yeah. where it's at. Like so, Explain. you can't ex- uh, expect to show up in LA, yeah. show up to Nashville, show up to New York, whatever, to be like I'm just gonna do what I was doing before I moved here, right. and I'm gonna make it. That's not how it works. Right. The thing is, there's still the internet. So you could be in no-name yeah. town, um, Mississippi or Rhode Mississippi. Island or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but you could be from there, and you could be huge just because of the internet. Right. So Porter Robinson's going back to Porter yeah, again. He's from, like, him. some freaking South Carolina or something? No, he's, uh, he, he's uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Okay, there you go. Yeah, pretty close to where I went to school. Oh, That's amazing. Now. Um, but, yeah, so... Um. Yeah, he's from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and he's super successful. Yeah. He still doesn't live in L.A. He's not planning on doesn't it probably ever. Yeah. So, um, so for that could happen, right? But the cool thing about L.A., there are a lot of people that move here. Like for example, like Logic. Yeah. He made a huge name for himself, and um, can never remember where in Maryland. Gaithersburg. Gaithersburg, Maryland. Yeah. He made a huge name for himself there. Um, and then he moved to L.A. and now right. he still lives in L.A. and um. For people like that, like that's a good decision, obviously, yeah. but he was already making it. Now, if you're on the rise like we are and you want to move somewhere, it's a great place to meet people because everybody is here. That is true. Everybody's here. Yeah. If you want to meet people, if you want to get connections, you want to be friends with people who are relevant, here is a like, it's the like best place. LA, Nashville for music, yeah. and then like New York for like, like, uh, Broadway and film and that exactly sort of and and yeah. like I I don't work there anymore but I worked at a restaurant where literally every day famous people will come in like right. Jeff Goldblum was a regular sure I mean uh like Wale has come in right. um FK Twigs has come in Shia LaBeouf has come in like anybody you can name has probably been in that restaurant just because it's near Hollywood and stuff like that like butch vig came in and yeah. that was a huge moment That's for crazy. me obviously yeah. um if you don't know butch vig uh made the nirvana records and he made a couple foo fighters uh records. that's insane so he's he's yeah. just insane and he does the band garbage if you know garbage but yeah um uh you can meet just about anybody in la and that's what's really really cool about you can, like it. walk down the street and see and just see like whoever. five famous people right. i mean like a youtuber that right. um my girlfriend's super into now um, she is coming to that restaurant multiple times. So there like when I saw her watching, I was like, Oh my God, she's a regular, <laughs> you know? Like, so like, it, it's a great place to meet people. No doubt. If, uh, you're extroverted, if you like being social, I think LA is the best place to be. But if you're like me, where you're a yeah. little more introverted, you don't like talking to people much. Right. Um, there's, but so much it could do to you for you, you know? Sure. Like, I mean, like I could push myself sometimes. But for the most part, I'm not, I don't put myself out there. So I think, yeah, like if, 
that's important to talk about too because not everyone is going to be going to every show and meeting everyone exactly if you're not an extrovert the benefits of la start to um at least in that sense start to go down like if you're not actively talking to everybody and meeting everyone um then la is not as important but if you are like that then Mm. you can totally go out every night and meet people and you have a very good chance of you know meeting isn't that what london did uh yeah my friend justin london um he was just like into the rock stuff and he just kind of goes out and about and meets people and um you know now he knows everybody and (laughs) and and that's like a lot of people in la like that's not an uncommon thing um whereas like if you're not an extrovert or if you're if you're not good at least putting that facade on um it might not be as beneficial yeah and and i can but i need a way in you know what i mean like yeah like if you know them i can like be like okay i could be a little more extrovert as an introvert too exactly but if you're just like throw me in a room with a bunch of like execs and like musicians i'm not gonna know some people can though yeah and those are the kind of people that being in la would really benefit for sure um but i think that it is important to know your stuff too yeah. Like you can be in, in a room with the most famous people in the world. If you don't have a product that's good or like you don't know <laughs> what you're doing, um, you're just going to make a fool of yourself. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's true too. Yeah. Or, or um, just another random example of just how congested it is with like famous people. Yeah. We're we're wait, we're at a restaurant waiting for like an indie rock show, and Reggie Watts comes yeah, in. Yeah, that was right. That's right. That's like right. Reggie Reggie Watts. Like it's if like, you know, like. Yeah, bottom line is like that's not uncommon here in LA, yeah, and that is like the magic of LA. Yeah. Um, on a sheer like objective thing, and there's also like the, um, the mindset change. I think like LA is always sunny. It's always beautiful yeah. here. Um, there's a lot of positive vibes in this city. For sure. For um, sure. I don't know if that can be said about New York, but yeah. I, but you know, like, I just don't want there's York, also though. like for New York, it's like being in a big city environment with a lot of people might inspire you in the same way. Yeah, that's so central inspiring. There, it's not for me, but like <laughs> oh, yeah. some people that does. But like, um, there's also that aspect of it too. Like living in a city with a lot of people that are also creative. Yeah, can also be good to your psyche, but it could do the opposite. It too. can also like because I remember, right? Like I've gotten used to it now. It doesn't bother me anymore, and I think it's more of a positive than a negative now. When I first got here, I hated that that everybody was creative because then I didn't feel special. Sure, like because in Maryland, it's like <laughs> you know what I mean. Nobody like, does it. Yeah, right. like everybody I went to high school with. Like again, like no offense, I'm not trying to throw any shade or anything at anybody but everybody we went to high school with like they're not doing anything big they're just you know working like relatively that's normal like jobs most and suburban like areas yeah. yeah so like that's kind of was the vibe there but we were very much like we want to do things, things want to go out and do that. things yeah so and then once i moved here like i was like man you know like i'm the only one that made it out of my town like you know i'm trying to do all these big things blah blah, blah. Right. like i felt like this like this god almost <laughs> but then i come here and then like this everybody's city is doing full it of people like that and like yeah most of the people are doing it way better than me and seeing less success sometimes even and i'm just like oh my god like this is like terrible it's a it's a it's yeah. a really hard city to yeah make but, it in. but now i've gotten used to it and i've learned that like it can kind of be an advantage to some degree like somebody i worked with who's a musician who is low-key better than me but um he <laughs> uh he just invited me to some studio time yeah and i i got to be in a studio for the first time like from 11 p.m to like 5 a.m right just drinking, smoking, making good music, right? In, in a studio, and I've never sure. been in a studio. 
And also, um, like, when you have creative friends, it can influence your creativity, too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and also, like, you or me, even, like, things that you do might inspire me or vice versa as far yeah. as what I'm working on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I, I think it's really, uh, it could be really cool in that place. If you're, if you're down to work with people and you're down and you're okay with asking for help, like, I think this is a really great place. It is. Like, yeah. for sure. I mean... And, and not to say you can't make it elsewhere though that's like the point yeah I think. I, but it, it it again depends because right. like for example like even though i haven't gotten any opportunities because a lot of the places i apply to prefer me to have a band sure um uh, it's a little harder when you're doing like alternatives exactly yeah. but uh, i think if you did have a band um or like you were just a straight up dj or what have you i think getting shows around here can be very very easy easy yeah like very very easy um but at the same time though there's a lot more competition too there's a lot more competition but there's, but there's so a many lot outlets. more opportunity there's so many yeah. outlets so like it's just like if you're creative enough um you can definitely make it work um but again in this day and age 50 percent of your success is coming from the internet like right. that's what it has more to than be. 50%. Yeah, probably way more than that. Um, so you have that grassroots but most of it is online. Yeah, like you so, hear about people online. So yeah, like if so. you really like but at the same time the good thing about being in LA and the internet is that if you like let's say you do um Instagram ads and you market it to LA and then you're from LA, like you live in LA, right. there's gonna be a lot of more opportunity for you to do shows, a lot more for people to like know you and to have seen you and to like meet your fans and stuff like that because you're in that city that you're advertising to, which is like the biggest market. That's true. So that's yeah. another plus of living here, I think. Right. Um, like, like I mean- or like any city. Yeah, know. like the that group of friends that I told you about that are fans of mine, like they all live about an hour from here. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I ever wanted to like meet them or yeah. whatever, or if I ever had a show mm -hmm. or something, like they could probably be there. Right. While as if I was in Maryland, that couldn't happen. Sure. You know, like, so like, yeah, this is like- And people generally thing. conglomerate towards big cities. Yeah. Like, um, for us, it would be DC. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. close enough to it. But when you start to get out in the rural, middle of nowhere, people start to not know who you are anyway. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I so think... So, like, your fans are probably within, like, an hour of a city. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and then, like, I think even if I didn't really advertise towards LA, I think even before I moved here, my biggest market was LA. Same. As well. Yeah. Like, because LA just has such a diverse group of people. It's a very rich musical culture, too. It's insane. Yeah. Like, just the culture in general. I mean, In like, general. Yeah, you could go to one club yeah. and it's electronic and then another one it's like punk rock and then like another one like the same know, night too. Exactly, and the same night. On the night, same block, yeah. You know, and yeah. like some of it is in abandoned warehouses and some of it's right. in an old stock exchange building. Exactly. Or, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I mean, and it's just like just the the opportunities you have here like just to be able to pick up a bike off the street for $17 a month. Like like everything's so accessible here. Right. Like everything. I think that's a city thing. Yeah, I know, but it's just like I feel. Well, I'm like, just trying to keep it more grand scope than just like, for sure. Like I'm sure, yeah, like New yeah. York has a lot of the similar right, right, vibes, right, right, right. But um, I don't know. I just uh, the culture here is really accessible, and I I do very much support that. But it it does also depend on your vibe. Like I think if you're yeah. very extroverted, very fast paced, maybe New York might be better for you. Right. Who knows? Like absolutely, because uh, I New think, York's a bit stressful for me. Yeah, things are a lot more chill here, and yeah. I'm more on the chill side. Right. I, I like I I went to New York for a week, and I couldn't stand that entire week. I I've been there for a few days at a time, and it's just very stressful. Yeah, I, I can't do it. 
Like you like, really survive in New York, you don't like live there. Yeah, that, that's like a Casey Neistat quote, I think. So that's why, like, I would love to talk to either musicians that moved to, um, to New York to yeah. make it work, or just people who just grew up there and love New York. I really would like to understand because I never, I love the city when I visited, but yeah. I just get stressed out. Yeah, like because I'm not the type yeah. of person I don't like hating on things. I yeah. don't like having a negative opinion about right. things. So I'd love to know the pluses about New York. I just only really have negatives. I have sure, nothing like good the last to time say. You visited. Yeah, I have nothing good to say about New York. Uh, so I just don't want right. to really say it to be honest i would just like to know the points yeah and i know there's a lot of people that feel that way about la i mean right like a lot of people are just like no la is the worst place ever and then they move there and they're like oh it sucks but then they went to the wrong part because sure. i feel like if you don't like if you're not like us where you're closer to downtown la or something like that like k-town or whatever right like you're not going to get a positive view of right. la as much if you right. live in beverly hills you're going to get a very jaded view of what L.A. is like. I think, I mean, regardless of where you do live, you're going to get a different perspective. For of sure. The city. But I feel like yeah. being in like... We're very pl- central. Exactly. And that we're close to Hollywood and downtown. So. Exactly. So because of that, we get a piece of everything. Big, right. But if I if I, grew if I up, lived in the Valley, for yeah, example. Like Calabasas right. or San Francisco or something. Like I might only get like <laughs> one type. That's a different city. Yeah, I, I know. You mean um, San Diego? I don't know. San Either way. I don't know. I don't Either know which whichever. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, like you're gonna have different <laughs> views depending on where you are. Right. But like being smack in the middle does help a lot. Like yeah. I think we also had that benefit of where we grew up in Bowie, Maryland, too. Right. Where we were 30 minutes from Silver Spring, which is a really nice area. Then 30 minutes from Baltimore, which is very 50-50. Same from uh, and DC. DC, which DC's is very nicer, but 50-50 though. Like, there's parts where, of DC that are really bad. Yeah, yeah, like for sure. Like where I went to concerts a lot, they weren't. They they were like good areas, but again, similar. Like I think that's just cities in general. Because now that I look back, it kind of reminds me of LA in a way where like yeah. you'll be in one area and it's super nice, and then you go like one block. It's just a mess, <laughs> and it's yeah. just a mess. Like so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just cities in general. But, but. yeah, in general, I think that moving to a city, uh, notably LA, yeah, can be good for some people and for good sure. for not good for others. Just depends yeah. on who you are. As just a person. try to be close to everything. Like that's do, true. If you do live in LA, yourself. try. If you try living in LA, try to get a full perspective of LA. K Town, downtown, yeah, like and even La Brea if you don't area, live like in like this that. area, explore. Yeah, exactly. Don't try to just stay in the same spot. Filipino towns around here too. Yeah, it's super cool. Like it's just like just don't don't go to like Calabasas. Don't go to like. <laughs> well, um, I mean, if you can move to Calabasas for free. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. If yeah, you can yeah, afford Calabasas yeah, yeah, yeah. easily, or you get it for free, but like go. Like the bottom line is like explore. I think yeah. and don't like. Yeah. Don't like uh, limit your perspective to only one area because there's a lot more to cities than just that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. I mean, for sure. I mean, like. Um, even even just with like Julian, yeah. like I mean, there's there's been um, people I've been around that were his friends that may be from other places or more in his genre or whatever, and you know they like my music, they follow me, they support me and stuff like that, and like that's the kind of thing that I wouldn't have gotten right in Maryland because yeah. you know they why would they go to Maryland? Yeah, you know, so um, yeah, it's just it's little stuff like that. I mean, I just think everybody's here is such a huge advantage, but it could also be. There's also like the, the financial way. disadvantage. That's a big thing. Don't move to LA if you're not making any money and you're broke and you expect to like blow up. Yeah, because you're gonna become another statistic. That's not gonna work. Like because you have to do it responsibly. Yeah, you either gotta yeah. move when you know that 
independently you could do fine or yeah. if not you got to look for a job and that's what i'm doing i mean i'm yeah. working a minimum wage job i quit that another minimum wage job and now i'm doing postmates on top of that and i'm i'm yeah. living independently but very tight yeah yeah so so it's just you you really got to pick your battles here i mean because like i'm i'm always thinking about like okay i make about like two thousand or something a month right and yeah, the, that's because the minimum wage here is higher. Yeah. But the thing is, I, cost of living is also higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I go back to Maryland. If I were to make two thousand a month, I, I could live in a house for sure. Like I, you I own literally property in five years. <laughs> I, I, I literally knew yeah. somebody that rented out like like a, a three story house for I think it was twenty four hundred a month. Right. And yeah, you can have like two other people, and you'd have like a full exactly. Home. And I'm paying like twelve fifty yeah. for a studio. I pay like thirteen fifty. So, so it's just like, yeah. like it's it's crazy how different it is. Right. Like like I, I I had to drop off a Postmates order, and it was a really nice apartment complex, and these people were looking at this like studio, and it was like twenty four hundred. It's crazy. Like it's just like it's super expensive here. So you really gotta figure out how you are going to make money here. Do not expect to move here with $5,000 in your pocket and just to make it work. Cause like, I mean, if you have five G's, you could probably, I moved here with five G's. You could probably have one K still there. Well, I know, but like (laughs) you found a job pretty quickly and you, I think if you have that much of a blanket, you're okay. Don't move here broke and expect to find a job day one. I would would say minimum 3000 is what I would say. Minimum. But I, I, I don't s- want to put like a number on it because some people's situations is different. I mean, we live in one of the cheapest areas. That's true. In this, like in LA, so it's that's like, true. I would say, I would say, as a more general, like maybe like a few months worth of rent. Yeah, exactly. At a least. few months. So at least like you could maybe do the first month, be like you're gonna push everything and do everything you can, and then maybe the second month you could start looking for jobs, and by the third month you need one. Yeah. Or whatever. Like maybe that's what you could also, do. Also, just don't don't let your job become like your entire life which is why i had to quit my last yeah because it was become my entire life like you move to la to do what you want to do don't allow like your old habits to exactly because literally like when i moved here i'm like i'm never gonna get another job (laughs) like chipotle (laughs) yeah yeah and i get it almost to the t exactly the same stressing me out like super busy um place way too much stuff to do all the time I was staying from like three. I think the hours were exactly the same. Yeah. Like three to 1130. Just right. that like here I got out maybe an hour later, like closer to midnight. But like either which way, it's just like I had no time because I was always so tired. Like I, I would right. go to bed at four because I didn't do anything before work. And then I wake up at 10 or 11 and I have like four, <laughs> three hours before work and the cycle keeps going. But like now I, I put myself in a position where I have more days off or I'm off no later than by six yeah um and oftentimes i'd be off by like noon like so like now i'm in right. that position where it's like if i want to make extra money i could do postmates if not i can work on a right YouTube you, channel. You, i can work on music you really have to study japanese you know balance that out otherwise you fall into just like being trapped in the same position you were exactly. in your previous city if you yeah. do move into la exactly which is why we're doing this if i still worked at the other place i we wouldn't be would doing have time it. to do this we just wouldn't because yeah. i'd always be working 3 to eleven thirty. and if you weren't free on one of the like two days i had um you know and Off, half the time right. yeah like becca would want to do something one of those yeah, days or, yeah so it's just like yeah like now i just have so much more free time i got most of my days off in the afternoon and otherwise i just had the day off you're like so prioritizing create creative yeah stuff all now. the time yeah. I, i've literally like made two videos in the sake of a couple days now right i have so much more time 
subscribe to his YouTube channel. Oh, it's a Tommy Country. Yeah, that's we'll me that on everything. Yeah. yeah, that's me on literally everything. So I guess we can kind of transition this into the wrap-up then. Yeah, because I think it's almost an hour now. <laughs> it's a little over an hour, but that's fine. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so to Tommy on everything. Yeah, to Tommy Country on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, probably Facebook too, but I don't touch that. But, yeah. yeah, and you know me, I'm Julian Gray on everything except for Instagram, which is Julian yeah. Gray Media. Yeah. And um, yeah, let me know if you guys like this uh, new type of podcast yeah. format. And if you have any ideas for future topics for us to discuss, yeah. put it in the comment section below. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, then like tweet it to us yeah. or something. Oh, and just a side note, Tatami Country is just like the like the name for everything. Like if you're looking for me on Apple Music or Spotify, it's just Tatami. There you go. Yeah. So I'll put all the links to all of my stuff and his stuff in the description of both the podcast and the uh youtube video yeah and uh yeah it's nice talking to you yeah i guess uh we'll see you guys in the next episode in the next one (laughs) all right bye-bye